0: Love Talk Radio. All righty. We wanna greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so grateful to the Lord again to come before you and to continue on with this lesson that we started on uh the trouble part. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the fifteenth chapter of the book of Matthew. The uh fifteenth chapter of the book of Matthew. We're going to start reading at verse one. My thought is that this has been a blessing to you. Um, We're talking about a troubled heart. We're not talking about necessarily somebody that's uh, anxious or that's uh, worried. Even though that could be a part of it, but because an- anxiety and worry is is a result of a troubled heart. Not. It doesn't make a troubled heart. It's just a sign. Uh, that your heart is troubled. And when we're talking about trouble, we're talking about mostly in spiritual matters, that a person that has a troubled heart, it, the heart is troubled because of spiritual matters. And it really boils down to not having a relationship with God or not having a proper relationship with God. So we're going to start reading it in verse 1 of the 15th chapter of the book of Matthew. And he then came to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. And so if you can imagine that, uh, that their hearts and where their hearts are, um, these people were watching uh, his disciples, basically, and watching him to see um, whether or not they were going to do things according to how, how they do them. But verse three says, but he answered and said unto them, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? You see that? Look at what they said in verse two. They asked the question, why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of who? The elders. In other words, these are our traditions. And we expect y'all to follow our traditions. You see that? But look at what the Lord answered, said in verse 3, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God? So he didn't deny that his disciples had transgressed the tradition of the elders. You see? But he basically turns around and said, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? In other words, your traditions get in the way of you serving God. And you know that, and that is the truth. Uh, so many people that, <laughs> religious people today uh, their tra- their traditions transgress uh cause them to uh transgress the, the the commandment of God. You see that? And so look at I, I like the way he said it. Uh they said uh your disciples transgress the trad the tradition. In other words that you know the tradition is it is something that have been established that people do because it was established. Like so we've done it for this way for so long, and so uh, it's a continuum of doing it uh, because you've been doing it, and so it, that's the that's a tradition. Well, you know, it's the it, traditionally uh, churches meet on Sundays. That's tradition, but that's man's tradition. That's not uh, necessarily God's commandment. That well, it is no, it's not God's commandment. You know, uh, God is not concerned with what day of the week you meet on. That that's man's tradition. You see that. And so that's a tradition. now every tradition is not a bad tradition. I put it I make it that clear. But so look at what, what look at what he said. But when it causes you to to trans, transgress the commandment of God, then it's a bad tradition. It's a bad tradition when you think that your tradition, the tradition of elders or the tradition of men, outweighs, look at what he says, the commandment of God. And so notice he didn't say the tradition of God. <clears throat> he said the, the command, something that God has commanded you to do, you're willing to disobey it by what you're used to doing. And that, and that is the truth. You know, so many ministers, I think, get in trouble with the Lord um, uh, because they're trying to please people and they're trying to keep some tradition going, and God can't lead them. Uh, when God tries to lead them, uh, they, they, they are more afraid of the people than they are of, of God and so they continue On with the traditions of men uh, Versus the commandment Of God you see that And so let's, let's go and keep Reading verse 4 for God commanded Saying honor thy father and mother And he that cursed father Or mother let him Die the death But ye say whosoever shall say To his father or his mother It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest Be profited by me and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. In other words, uh, these people, the Pharisees and scribes, they basically uh, re- uh, released people from looking after their parents as long as they were giving uh, to them. That's basically what he was saying man. that, you know, yeah, you don't have to take care of your parents in their old age. You know, you, you give them to the church. you give them to the ministry. You don't have to take care of your... Now, see, that's not... So, see what he's saying there. So, let's go and keep reading. Verse 6, And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition, Ye hypocrites. Where did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their, what? Mouth. And honoreth me with what? Their lips. But what? Their heart is far from me. And that is the way it is today. The people that with that troubled heart. You know, and that's one sign that you have a troubled heart when you can look at God's word and see what it tells you to do clearly. But you are willing. And I'm going to say this. There are so many wives that my wife and I have talked to who think that God will excuse his commandment of them submitting to their husbands based on their traditional being taught that if a man ain't doing this, then you don't have to do that. It it, is the exact same thing. God does not excuse his word because of what you, but because of what your mama taught you even if she didn't speak it with her mouth uh, because of what society has taught you. The Bible don't give you conditions wives, of submitting to your husband. It don't, it don't give conditions for that. That when you marry him, that's that comes with the territory and neither does the Bible give the husbands an excuse not to love their wives because they're being difficult. You see that, that she's, so you i don't want to hear about how hard it is it's hard when your heart is far from god that's that that's what you really need to deal with it it yeah it's hard to follow God when your heart's not with him when your heart is far from him and so you 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 have to get to the root of the issue don't you know you on the on the surface dealing with the surface stuff and it, it can't be dealt with that way you see it won't last long. You need to deal with the real issue, and that's your heart and, and, and the fact that it's, it's trouble. Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 9, but in vain. Everybody see that? In vain. For nothing, in other words. They do worship me. <laughs> Isn't that something? Stop right here. I'm just explain what that's talking about. There are people still struggling with the idea of Jesus Christ being God, and here He was in the flesh, and He's talking to Pharisees and scribes who, every chance they get, they get they're looking for a reason to kill Him. And right here, He makes it clear. Look at what He says: "In vain do they they do worship Me." He He hadn't been He hadn't been raised from the dead yet. He hadn't died yet. But he's making it clear even while I'm standing here talking to you, I'm God. And see, it's it's all throughout God's Word. You see that? All throughout don't miss that. You see. You you'll be a disappointed somebody. You think when you get to heaven you're gonna see three individuals. There is one God. And the, and the Bible says that all throughout the Word, the Lord your God is one God. And that's for you folks that believe that there's a trinity. Yes, God was manifested three different ways, uh, you know, at least, you know, but you cannot, that don't mean that you can chop him up. He is one God. You see that? One God. Verse 9, but in vain they do worship me. You see that? Teaching for doctrines the commandment of men. In other words, substituting God's word with their traditions, verse 10. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth that defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knows thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? Isn't that something? That's that troubled heart. That's a sign of a troubled heart. Offense at God's true word you notice they didn't try to go back and forth with him because he was telling the truth. And that's what people do. you know. Uh, they, they When they know they've been called out on something, uh, they won't go back and forth. They'll just get offended and leave, see. And his disciples came to him and said, don't you know that you offended them? Verse 13, look, but he answered and said, every plant, now I love this saying, but that's the truth. Every plant which my heavenly father had not planted shall be rooted up. And, and I'm going to tell you, that is the way it is. What is that? You know what that's saying there? In that garden, in other words, in church, the church is full of people that God himself didn't plant. So then, the question is: So who planted them? What did the Bible say? Then there came after him a wicked one sowing. You see, talking about the devil. And so then, so what is he saying? The truth being spoken is God's way of uprooting people. That's not that He didn't plant. If He had planted them, they would have remained. Why? Because the roots would their roots would have been. Firmly planted. You see. So what is that talking about? If you can uproot a plant easily, that means that the root the roots are not planted firmly and deep. In other words, some people are just in church for the shallow stuff. But he said God's pure word is is, is his way of uprooting what's not planted by him. And he'll use their offense to do it. Isn't that something? God will use your own troubled heart and your own offense to uproot you. That's something for you to think about. That's something for you to think about. Look at verse 14. What does he say? Them alone. In other words, when folks get, and I have to just say this, especially as a pastor, when folks get uprooted, And they get exposed because they have gotten offended at the truth. he didn't say go run after them because there's still a chance for them. He said leave them alone. Look at what he says. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. In other words, if if you watch it, you'll see. In other words, what is the ditch? Uh the fruit of what happens to somebody that's not following the truth now we, our website we our website uh is 1truth.tv is our website now that's the web address to our website 1truth and we have to make that clear and i i, I sincerely hope that you get it there's only one truth now if you get offended at that then you think that there are several truths and the devil already got you but the Lord had us the name of that one truth, because there, only, there is only one truth. There's, there are no two ways or three ways to get to God. There's only one highway, and that highway, according to the book of Isaiah, is called holiness. There is one highway, one way to get to God, and that's through holiness. In other words, being separated and sanctified and set apart. For God's use, there's only one way to get to him. You're not going to get there looking like the world, and you're not going to get there looking, uh, doing what the world does. There's one way. You see that? One truth. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. In other words, one truth. And then look what he says. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see that? And, and so he's say, so what is he saying? One way to get there, one truth, and you don't get there in no other way, you see. Now, here's the thing. When he says that, what is he talking about? In the book of John, it says that uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and and the word was made flesh and and dwelt among men. So what is he saying? That one truth represents his word. In other words, there are not different interpretations of God's word. There are not, you know, ways, this is the way I see it. That, you know, that's, that was Eve's testimony after she had decided to do what God had commanded her not to do in the first place. You see that? This is the way I see it. The devil will have you eaten off of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil all the time. If you think, you know, you can get to heaven by saying this is the way I see it. No, this, it don't matter how you see it. What does God mean? You see that? You see, it's just like you can tell a child, uh, you go take out the trash, Junior. And you know, and but he he waits till next week to do it, and then you go to him about it, and he say, "Well, the way I saw it, you didn't you didn't give me a time. That's just that's the way I saw it." You see? Well, he, of course you you gonna handle no business with that because it's not it does it's not based on the way Junior saw it. It's the way what you meant by it. You see that? No, I meant for you to do it now. I'm not gonna have to tell you do it now. You, you see, every time I tell you to do something, when I tell you to do it, I mean right now. I'm not talking about, you know, later on or when you feel like it. And so that's the way people are with, with the word of God. Well, you know, this is the way I see it. God knows I need to grow. No, God knows you need to be obedient. You see that? And and it do not take uh, 10 years to grow into, into obedience, you see. All right, so let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 15, then answered Peter and said unto him, clear unto us, this parable. So why did Peter say that? Because Peter understood we must have missed something because these people have gotten offended. You see, so Peter didn't, they didn't, those disciples did not assume that they already knew what he was talking about. But the Pharisees assumed that they knew. You see that? And they didn't, they they assumed, you see that? And that's where a lot of times Offense comes from, offense a lot of times comes from assumptions. You see that? Verse 16, and Jesus said, are you ye also yet without understanding? You see what he's saying man. He's saying that the reason why the Pharisees got offended because they didn't understand what I was saying. You see that? All they knew was I was calling them out on what they were doing. But they didn't quite understand it and, but, and, and, and are not here to even get an understanding. You see? Verse 17, do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the jaws, In other words, the toilet. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from where? The heart. And they defile the man. For out of the heart so, is it not, I want you to notice here, he's not talking about your words defile you. Your words is the evidence that you have been defiled. Let's read that carefully. But those things, you see that? Those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from where? The heart. And they, what what is they? Those things that come forth. In other words, they're already there. Now, if you can imagine, you know you you have a play going on on the stage, and the and the curtain is gone. The curtain is your your throat, <laughs> and when they open up the curtain, in other words, your mouth. The only thing that can come from back there is what's already there, and all it's doing is putting on display, putting on the play. You know, but the play was already set set behind the curtain. You see that, and that that's what they're saying there. All you're doing with your mouth is exposing, in other words, what's already on the inside of your heart. That is what has defiled you. Now, when you're talking about defiling something, your heart is meant to be pure. The only way you can defile something is if it is already, if if it's supposed to be a certain way. Your heart is supposed to be pure. You don't come here defiled. You don't come here with an attitude. You don't come here with all that junk on the inside of you. But over time, because of your disobedience and unwillingness to follow God, the devil defiles you. In other words, he, he pours in what he wants to pour in there. You see that? Now, you think about it like with, if you're cooking or something like that. You know, you can put salt in something that's supposed to be sweet, you know, but that is not supposed to be there, and it's going to completely change the taste of it. And that's the way people are. Uh, when they have been defiled, it completely changed the way that you're supposed to be. You see that? That's that troubled heart. All right, so verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands the father is not a man so what is he saying you can tell when the heart has been defiled like we said the last couple of days by the actions of the people somebody that's a murderer somebody that has evil thoughts somebody that's an adulterer somebody that's a fornicator anything that really goes against the word of god those things is, is the, the fruit of someone uh, who has been uh, defiled. So now you know, if, especially if you follow this ministry for any length of time, you know you, you've been a, you, you followed it uh, long enough to know what the truth is and, and what God requires of us as believers. Now, if you're one of those people, you can clearly see when you hear the word go forth, whenever it goes forth. Or you read the Bible in your own private time or whatever the case is. If you could see that you're not lining up, that that there are things, issues in your life that you are um, um, dealing with, uh, you know, and, I'm, and I'm, t- I'm not talking about things that you have to grow in, but I'm talking about things you just flat out need to give up. Um, then You need to ask yourself, where where was I defiled? you know like you, first you need to come to the conclusion that i am defiled and then you need to figure out where was i defiled at so if you have your bibles let's go real quick to the uh 21st chapter of the book of luke the 21st chapter of the book of luke and uh we're going to start reading at verse 34 It says, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your what? Hearts. Everybody see that? Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. Explain what that's talking about. When, when you overcharge something, that's talking about on your end. Now, the person that's charging you, the the, the store that you went to, they don't mind you spending $1,000 on address. dress, and in fact, they hope that you do, and they no sweat off their back, but if you have a checking account, and you have, you know, and, and your bank is willing to pay whatever it is, like, that's the way you have to think about it, that you have the account set up to where they're willing to pay it, you know, even though you, you might don't have a dollar in your checking account. But you might you might have a setup where you can go to the to the store and buy a thousand dollar dress or whatever it is you want to buy, and your bank will pay for it. But then you will have to pay your bank back. In other words, it's basically like a loan to you. That's you being overcharged. That, in other words, you the one that did the overcharging. You're the one you paid more than what you had to invest. That was really there. And so when he's talking about unless at any time, your heart be overcharged. In other words, you pour more out of your heart or uh, put more on it than what is designed to, to to take on. You see that In other words, the the devil is the one that's charging. you see that? He's the one that's overcharged. In other words, he's the one that that you're buying from. And listen, let me make this clear. Everything that the devil sells is expensive, more expensive than what you can pay. And you better know that. Everything that the devil sells is high price, and, and he don't give bargains, and it's more expensive than you can pay. Hell is always uh, the price. And, you know, that's and you can't pay it. The Lord paid for it. You see that? The Lord have already <laughs> paid the price for it. Uh, you, you just have to lean and rest on him. But if you're not careful, you, you will over – you will. Overcharged. You will be overcharged. So look at what that says. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. Now, that word it means an excessive amount of something. It means to cause someone. Also, it means to cause someone to desire more, uh, no more of something as a result um, of having consumed or done it to excess. In other words, now listen to that definition carefully. To cause someone to desire no more of something as a result of having consumed or done it to excess. In other words, like in one picture is eating. You can eat and eat and eat like a meal, and you're just eating because it's good. And then you get to the point where you don't want any more of that because you've already overdone it. And so it's like you you can say like for instance my favorite food is fish. I can eat fish every day. I think. what I'm saying I think. <clears throat> but you know how it is. It's like you get something you think I got a taste for it. Something. And and so you get a, a, an abundance of it, and you eat so much of it. Not necessarily because you're full that you don't want anymore, but just because you're tired of it because you've overdone it. Like okay, I don't I I don't want that anymore. In other words, you don't have balance. Now that's what he's talking about here. It says, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and tears of this life, and so that they come upon you unawares. So what is he saying there? Do not allow, he says, take heed. In other words, be watchful, watch yourself, so that you don't find yourself being overtaken you see that by the cares of this life by just whatever so how does, this, how does this tie in he says for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth so how does this tie in with a troubled heart Hearts become one way that a heart becomes defiled is when it spend too much time dwelling on one thing or another let me give an example you can dwell on, so the devil brings a thought to you about somebody and what they've done to you, and you can dwell on what somebody has done to you, and your heart becomes overcharged, and because of that, in other words, that's the fitting you dwelling on the bad for so long, or what's you know whatever somebody has done against you, can do whatever. And and you can become overcharged with that, and and you know no now no doubt you've been mistreated whatever the case is, but if you dwell on it, in other words, you you um take an excessive amount of it by meditating on it, then your heart becomes overcharged, and then you become defiled, and then what happens? What does the Lord say? Out of the heart proceed what evil thoughts. Now you're thinking evil about the person. Done you wrong. And now your heart is defiled, and now your heart is troubled. And before you know it, you know, you think about it. People kill somebody just by sitting and thinking about what they've done wrong to them. You see that? You see what I'm talking about there? Uh Adultery gets committed by somebody, some man thinking about what his wife is not doing for him, or some woman thinking about what her husband isn't doing for her. You see that? Somebody will steal. Because they feel like they've been built, built a raw deal in life. You know, life ain't treating me good. Why has everybody else got it so good? You know, and then they justify. In other words, when you are overcharged and you allow your heart to be overcharged, what are you doing in reality? You are justifying yeah. while condemning the other party. You see that? And so how does the heart become defiled? How does the heart become troubled when you meditate too long on the wrong thing, and it gets into your heart? It don't start in your heart. That stuff don't. You don't come here, murder. You don't come here and That None of that stuff is in you when you get here. But when you allow, now the devil brings the thought, and it might not be your thought originally, but it gets into. It comes from your mind, and it sinks into your heart. You see that when you are overcharged with it, when you spend too much, when you spend time meditating on it. And so here God has given us the answer. How do we keep from being defiled? The Bible tells us what we read yesterday, to guard our hearts with all diligence. How do we guard our hearts? By not thinking about it in our minds, not rehearsing it. In other words, that's what the overcharging is. That's what the suffitting is. Rehearsing it. You cannot rehearse evil that somebody else has done to you without you yourself becoming evil by it. Whatever you rehearse, that's what you'll become. You see that? Whatever you rehearse in your mind, you'll become that because it will drop down into your heart. You see that? And that's not God's will. God does not intend for you to try to serve him with a troubled heart. The first thing you have to do is admit, you know what, Lord? I've allowed this thing to be planted in my heart, and I'm asking you to uproot it. You see that? And he will do that if you will be sincere and pray that prayer. Amen. So we want to say thank you all for joining us today. We pray that something was said that has blessed you and helped you in your walk with the Lord, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.